Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey everyone, Tati and Kayla here reporting from home. As always, we are the As Seen In podcast. We talk about everything, film, TV, music, theatre, entertainment. So if that's a bit of you, make sure to stick around. We post everything on our socials at As Seen In podcast. So follow us over there for the most up-to-date content. We have such an exciting episode today. We thought it'd be fun to take you with us to some of the interviews and bits and bobs we've been up to over the last few weeks. Okay, let's start by taking you to the Wicked Little Letters premiere to hear from stars Olivia Coleman, Jesse Buckley, Timothy Spall, Hugh Skinner, Angela Vassen, Lolly Fope, Jason Watkins, and director Thea Sharrock. Next up, we will have some clips from the BAFTA Winners Conference. We've got Emma Stone, Divine Joy Randolph, Killian Murphy, and Christopher Nolan talking about poor things, the holdovers, Oppenheimer, and all the big wins of the evening. Now, you may have seen this one on our socials already, but you'll be hearing the full interviews from our time with the stars of Bob Marley, One Love, the Shana Lynch, Kingsley Benadir, and also from director Renaldo Marcus Green. And finally, you'll be hearing a sneak peek from creators of Six, the musical, Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss on their brand new musical, Why Am I So Single?, which will be heading to the Garrick Theatre this coming August. I also catch up with a few of the cast. I'm sure I don't even need to tell you who Olivia Colman is, but just in case you don't know, she is one of the most amazing actresses in the world um you may recognize her from the crown from the favorite fleabag Broadchurch, the lost daughter the father empire of light wonka literally to name a few she is a national treasure here you go if you could send a letter to someone you've never met who would it be and what would it say oh uh someone i've never met uh oh god I was going to say Brad Pitt, but I did actually meet him. <laughs> you don't ask me how? How? Oh, oh my God, thank you. Um, it was at Madonna's party. I know, I know. And uh, he said, big fan. And I went, no! And then he retreated back into the crowd because I was quite scary. Um, but, so I, I would write him a letter just to tell him he's beautiful. Is that the most starstruck you've been? Oh, absolutely. I was rubbish. I, li- I couldn't, consonants and vowels became a sort of mush. Yeah, rubbish. And what's it like working with Jessie? Yeah. Jessie is head. She's one of my best friends anyway, so being paid to be together every day is great. She said you were neighbours in real life? Yeah, she's a good neighbour and a really good cook. Uh, she does amazing. She does this um, aubergine parmigiana balls with pasta. Amazing. And a dal. She does the best dal ever. Oh, it's all veggie stuff. <laughs> 
Um, I don't have a question, but I have to tell you something. I worked on this film. You won't remember me. I was running around like a headless chicken on this film. On this film. Oh. But you were literally the most amazing person to work with. Ever. Oh. You had cake that you were bringing around from your green room. You just made everyone feel so welcome. Oh, God, like, God, you I said that. Imagine. Yeah. No, imagine. I have a big scandal. Isn't it? Always <laughs> be nice to the runners. Um, so thank you. Because they'll end up with a microphone yeah, one day. Exactly, exactly. We're working our way. Yeah. But thank you so much. Oh, no. Thank you. That's so nice. What did you make of this absolutely insane true story? I just love it and I love the fact that people think women well A should be a certain thing anyway which they never fucking are and they shouldn't be and then but particularly women in the 1920s they wouldn't have said that of course they wouldn't but they did and uh, and 85% of the letters are, are all real and it's all taken from the real thing so it's just it's funny I love it what is one piece of, of life advice you like to live by? Um, always be on time always know your lines be nice to everyone Love that. <laughs> I hope the younger generation will take from watching this movie. Uh, I hope they realise how far women have come since the 1920s, uh, but also how far we still have to go. Um, and I hope, I hope they have fun. You know, I hope they go to the cinema, have a big box of popcorn, giggle, and come out and have a good swear. Did you have a favourite insult? Am I allowed to tell you? Yeah. Um, my favourite one ends with cunt yeah. at the end. It's the best word. What's the most bizarre thing you've received in the mail? Maybe from a fan? Uh, I, I haven't really. Um, yeah, no, sorry. I, uh, I haven't had any weird things. I've had some lovely presents. What's the best thing you've received? Uh, well, actually, one woman has t- me tattooed on her body twice. That's the cool. <laughs> we'll have to find it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Next up, we've got Hugh Skinner. You may know Hugh from Fleabag, um, The Invitation, The Windsors, Mummy, Here We Go Again, Falling for Figaro. Um, here he is talking about his role as Constable Papawick. So tell us a little bit about Wicked Little Letters. Tell us about your character in particular. So Wicked Little Letters is the story of Edith Swan, who's receiving uh, very, very rude letters. And everyone sort of instantly assumes it's... Uh, uh, Rose Gooding, the uh, local potty-mouthed uh, and, unfor- you know, horrendously for the time single. And um, my character is... Sorry, could you say I'm just had a total brain <laughs> fog? I was going well, to say fuck. I'm yeah, to say yeah, fuck. Yeah, uh, uh, he is investigating and also assumes... Yes, it's Jesse Buckley. No, he's, he's, not, he's not a very good policeman. He's very thick. And obviously the letters are quite shocking, and you've got to read them out loud. What was I'd rather not the... comment on that. Actually. I was appalled for one. What? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, what was your first impression when you first read them? Disgusted. Disgusted. No, my first impression when I read the script More was just here, honestly blown away because it was so. First of all, I couldn't believe it was a true story. I mean, it's incredible. This is a true it's story. Fabulous. And then Olivia secondly, Johnny away. Sweet has written such an incredible <laughs> script. Um, yeah, I, it's such a brilliant script, and yeah, that was my main takeaway when I first read it. Um, I have a, a question, it's not very serious. Um, who would win in a fight between young Harry from Mamma Mia 2, Harry from Fleabag, or Principal Papawick? Constable, Principal, Constable Papawick. Honestly, I think Papawick. I think, I think he's vicious. He's vicious and he's angry, and I think the other two, the other two wouldn't win anything. I, do, I don't think Papawick would win against anyone else, but it's against those two. It's making me feel quite psychotic, that question, but thank you. You're welcome. And how was it working with, uh, alongside Olivia and Jessie as well? They're just like... I mean, incredible. They're, yeah, 
I mean, I know everyone knows they're extraordinary and brilliant, but they just really are. Like, and they're so talented. And they bring such good vibes. They're just fun and brilliant on top of being, you know, ridiculously talented. So yeah, they're heaven. Now to speak to Jesse Buckley. Jesse Buckley is absolutely amazing in this movie. You may know her from The Lost Daughter, from Men. Um, fingernails, women talking, literally there's so many things I can't even, I'm thinking of ending things, there's so much, um, but here she is talking about playing Rose. Hi, Hi. 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 Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God somebody's telling the truth that British women and women and Great Britain isn't this like teacup of cozy kitchens and women talking about cooking dinner for their husbands and actually we're much naughtier and mischievous and um, inventive. I mean, Edith Swan's letters were incredibly inventive. And there was a huge scandal, you know, it was like the modern day Wagatha Christie of the time. And um, uh, two women ended up going to prison because of it. Uh, so, yeah. What would you ask her if you could get the chance to ask her about this? Ask who? Um, Do you want to have a drink? <laughs> you go for a pint, that's what I'd ask her. <laughs> let's go out, let's go eat food and have a dance. That's what I'd say. <laughs> I love that. I love that people feel like that. And a few journalists have come in today being like, I want to be a bit more like Rose Gooding. And I think what I learned from her was that she was just uncompromising. Um, in her need to live her life and have autonomy in the life that she wants to live and the pleasure that she wants to live by and not make herself small not just for herself but for her daughter under over her dead body was her daughter going to be made smaller by society because she was the daughter of a single mother you know and i look at those women i and i look at mothers and i look at single mothers with utter respect like what heroes you know i mean how dare anybody chastise them for being that that is just like a superpower so um i think i i learned from her is to take space enjoy it have a good time don't want let anyone beat you down <laughs> like reuniting with olivia as well your chemistry is just off the charts oh she's just one of my favorite people ever like i would do I would die for Olivia Coleman. <laughs> she's honestly, she's just in her heart the most incredible human firstly and then she happens to be the world's most extraordinary actor and she's such a pal you know and she's, we just had so much fun making this. We hardly ever talked about work and then we get, it's so easy to stand up to her and act because she's just this ocean of feeling and then really twinkly and naughty as well so you never knew what was going to come your way so she's a dream I want to work with Olivia Coleman at least once a year for the rest of my life <laughs> well we are kind of neighbours actually in real life she's not like either <laughs> your character was barefoot for a lot of the film how did your feet hold up? I had no bra on, I rarely had knickers on and um, I had no shoes on. It was really nice. I hate high heels. 
So the lower, the better. The lower to the ground, the better for me. <laughs> Thank you. Here is Angela Vassin. It was so hard for me not to say Angela Vassin did the thing. Um, I don't know why that just rolls off the tongue, but um, she's so lovely. Some of you might have actually seen her at the Almeida in Streetcar Named Desire last year, which I actually did as well. So it was quite cool to see her. She's so lovely. Here you go. I mean, could you believe it when you were reading the script? No, when I read the script, I didn't know it was real. I was enjoying the script. I was laughing while I was reading it, which is very rare when you have a script that says it says it's comedy, but by page five, you're still not laughing. And this time, you know, I was just hooked from page one, and I felt like all the characters just left off on the page. Um, but it was until the end of the script that I saw some information about what happened to the real men as the story ends and I went, oh, this is real. And I immediately went on the internet and tried to find out as much as I could about the three people. Um, I just couldn't believe that it was real. It was like, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. That's kind of what I thought when I read the script. What was your first impression when you first read that? That I was like, it must be made up. I just, but it isn't. And I think on set, I remember picking up a letter that was like part of a like props on the table. And and I remember Thea coming over and saying, it's real. And this one's like so bad that we can't actually read it out loud, you know, in, in the story. And it was like horrific. It was it's just the most Baroque, weird, absurd form of like language. But at the same time, very funny and very creative. And the phrase careful what you post is so prominent throughout the movie. I think so, yeah. <laughs> what are you hoping that the younger generation will take, obviously, with the social media world? I think it's important to think about um, empathy and kindness when it comes to things like that because you don't know what someone is going through in their day-to-day -day life and that very moment when you say something spiteful or mean or it might feel irreverent or silly to you and you press send but they might be going through something really horrible that day and it really undermine their confidence and their sense of self-belief and I think it's important to think about that. You know, kindness is like a very old-fashioned value, but I think it's still a very important one in our day and age, especially. Thanks so much. Next up is Lolly Adafope. I absolutely love Lolly. Um, I loved watching her in Taskmaster. I love her in Ghosts. She's so great in this film too. She actually had a part in Saltburn as well. Maybe you saw her in that. Um, but here she is. Tell us a little bit about all your letters. Um, it's about uh, it's period drama about. Uh, a woman who receives anonymous, horrible letters and uh, is trying to find out who sent them. What about the character you play as well? What can fans expect? Um, I play Kate. Uh, she works in the post office. Um, she is a kooky, crazy girl and she becomes part of the fight to find uh, the true writer of the letters. And what was your first impression when you did um, I thought they were so funny um, and I just really like how Johnny adds like um, I reckon or something on the end which I think just makes them even funnier. Yeah. And obviously um, it is We Have Morning Post and it's so relevant in today's generation. Yeah. So what is one of the things that you If you send a horrible letter you'll be sentenced to death. Um, so don't do it. <laughs> I don't believe the death penalty. Yet, so. <laughs> no, I don't. So I talk very quickly. I mean, this cast of this is absolutely incredible. Olivia and Jesse, what would they like to work? Amazing. Yeah. Um, I have been a fan of Olivia Coleman since I was a child. Um, so it was just, I mean, like, when I saw that she was doing it, I was like, I have to be in this film. Um, and she's just amazing. It's just amazing to watch her work and amazing to hang out with her as well.
I feel like she's such a, like a, a girlfriend, isn't she? Like, yeah. How, what was she like off Yeah. Just great. Just so kind and generous and funny and warm. And just like exactly what you think she would be. And obviously they play neighbours. Do you think you would like them as happy or I don't know about Rose. I think Rose would be a terrible person. Do you have a favourite insult just that you would use in your everyday life? Um, I wouldn't use any of them in my everyday life. Um, I lead with kindness, of course. Uh, Hashtag be kind. Um, but um, uh, Edith Swan takes up the Swanny and she loves it more than Christmas Day. It's probably anything loves it more than Christmas Day is a winner. I think. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Next is Timothy Spall, who I actually had to try and keep my call around just because um, any of you Harry Potter lovers will know that he plays Peter Pettigrew in Harry Potter and this was just insane to even be talking to him as someone who grew up loving Harry Potter. Um, what a legend. He's so great in this film as well. Please just enjoy. Hello. Hi. Very charming place. <laughs> Tell us about this amazing true story and these incredibly feisty women. Tell us a little bit about the story. Well, it, it, well, in a nutshell, it's about two families who live next door to each other in Littlehampton, an elderly couple and their adult daughter, very pious, very religious-minded, uh, pillars of the community, living next door to a um, young woman of uh, what they would consider to be of loose morals, living in sin, with a, what they consider to be a possibly illegitimate child who is um, a roustabout, a loud mouth, somebody who uh, has the horrible temerity to enjoy herself too much, which uh, is in this household is not appreciated particularly. And then this, the other um, daughter of the Pius family starts getting these filthy, disgusting letters. And I uh, immediately assume it's coming from the next door neighbour. They start out to be friends at first, and then this, these letters get worse and worse and worse. The friendship gets from bad to worse. To, so there's all sorts of accusations. The whole village is in uproar. Um, everybody gets them in the end, and, uh, and there's a massive court case. One goes to prison, uh, and nobody knows who's done it. Everybody is under scrutiny. Uh, and they can't, it becomes a, a national um, uh, scandal. Did you believe it when you first read the script? No, I thought it was made up and then I found out it was true. I mean, look, there are an amazing real things that I find um, that you go, actually, no, and then you actually, that actually happened. And the great thing was when I read it and it said com a, co a comedy on the top of it, I thought, well, I've read a few of them and I've not laughed. I mean, they've been quite painful. But I was laughing quite a lot um, when I read the, this, and I thought, well, this bodes well. A comedy that does what it says on the cover. What's it like working with Olivia Well, they're both superb actresses. I mean, really, really uh, superb at the top of their game, as we know. They're also both superb human beings, you know, really lovely, a lot of fun, and um, great to be with, you know, a lot of fun. Did you have a favourite insult? Do you know what I, I like them? It's not swearing. Paul Kahidi's character who plays the chief of police gets a letter that suggests his wife's wife has a man's voice. Now I find and he and he says, Well, it's not fair because she knows that already. Now I find that the most funniest thing in it. I don't know why. It's witty rather than rude. Well yeah, it's oh, really it's rude. rude. Well. It's really insulting, isn't it, as well? You know, it's really insulting. I mean the swearing's just swearing and it's kind of I think there was something about a, um, um, Piss stains chicken, I quite like. So, man, I love them all because they're they're kind of poetic and they're surreal and they are really ridiculous. 
ridiculous, surreal and filthy. That's uh, that, that's the perfect day for me. Yeah. Thank you so much. Here is Jason Watkins talking about his role in Wicked Little Letters. Now, I personally loved him as Gordon Shakespeare in the Nativity franchise, but here's the interview. So tell us a little bit about Wicked Little Letters and what other part you play. Well, I, I come in later on in the movie. I've got a little nice juicy part later on in the film, so I'm not going to say much more than that. But the film, I mean, the film itself, is uh, it's got swearing in it um, from the 1920s. So that's good in itself. It's also got some brilliant actors, so that... It's got a surprising story. It's real. It's a real story. I think audiences are going to be surprised by it. Surprised by the creativity of the swear words. Uh, and it's also a good film about women and women's roles now and women's roles in life then. I suppose you could say that two women set against each other who are both trying to break out of the perception people have of them and, the, and, and how they're trying to break their own lives <laughs> and it all manifests itself in a very different way and my character is very very male it's, it's unusual for me playing very, such a male character but you know is a very sort of uh, paternal character and very typical of the day and uh, quite an adversary for these women in, in a particular passage of the film. And like you said, it is based on a true story. Disbelief and also, just, I have to say, the creativity. The, you know, the, it's all very well, you know, a brilliant writer sitting down, and we have a brilliant writer, uh, sitting down and being creative and swearing, but actually they are historical documents. <laughs> uh, which in themselves are glorious, and I, I do get to uh, utter one or two of them. Did you have a favourite one? <laughs> I can't say to you, but I, I, I think sagging in shits in there, which is, you know, can we say that? I think sag is in there, and it, 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 it's the context of it. <laughs> it's, it's all about context, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Thank you, I'm good. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Have a good evening. Last but not least for the Wicked Little Letters premiere, we have the director, Thea Sharrock. Thea is so lovely. Listen to her energy. She's just shining. I love it. Um, she also directed Me Before You. So any fans of that will definitely... I mean, it's a very different vibe, of course, but um, I'm sure you'll love Wicked Little Letters just as much. <laughs> Hello, girls. Hi. A little triumphant. This is fabulous. How are you doing? How's it going? So good. Oh, my God. We're in Leicester Square. Like some of my most favourite people in the whole world. You girls are here, the posters are up. I mean, what's not to love, right? Tell us about this story. How did this story land on your desk? And why did you want to absolutely Um So the crucial thing to know is that when it landed on my desk, I had no idea it was a true story. So I just read it and I just got the laughs. I mean, I literally fell about, which doesn't happen that often. I met with the writer who told me it was based on a true story and I was like, oh my God, that is but it also makes sense of why these characters are so complex. They've got so many different layers going on. Um, also, Olivia Coleman was already attached, so I was like, this is... Uh, where do I sign up? This is like a dead cert for me. And then we got the rest of the cast, and honestly, we had the most fabulous time. What was the journey like getting Jesse on board as well? Because their chemistry is fabulous. fabulous. Uh, they love each other, and we did everything we could to make that I just want to say quickly, um, I actually worked on this film. I was in Arundel with you guys, and you made it. I was. You made it such a lovely place to be. I was running around like a headless chicken, but I had the best time of my life. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, that's a real pleasure. Very nice to hear that. Thank you so much. All right, girls. Thank you. Take care. 
Okay, we're at the BAFTAs. Cannot even believe I'm saying that right now, but we are at the BAFTAs. We are about to speak to, let's start with Emma Stone. Um, Again, apologies for the camera work and for the chopping and changing. You get what you get. Obviously, you can watch these online from other people's um, publications, but this is just the footage I got. Um, I thought I'd share it with you. I hope you enjoy. Here is Emma talking about poor things. I believe the first question she was asked was by Ali and it was just how are you doing um so obviously if that doesn't make any sense then um that's because I didn't record him saying it so he asks her how she is and then she's asked a bit about how what awards mean to her um so yeah fill in the gaps yourself a little shaky I think it's like a combination of jet lag and excitement yes combo Uh, we have a question yeah uh, the first question about excitement I think absolutely put a lot of your heart and soul into making a film a lot of people are away from their families for months at a time and you bond with this group of people and um and the excitement of it being received or or you know seen or 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 loved by people is immensely meaningful and you don't know if that's going to happen or not if it's going to resonate with people the way that it does with you and also to be a producer on this film this was the first film that i produced alongside acting and um so it feels like doubly doubly meaningful because i just both in front of and behind it was it was incredible to be part of it and then um what role awards serve i think for a lot of films it brings people into theaters to see it 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 brings more attention to a film and you know, I think there are a, a lot of people who, who deserve awards that never get awards, which also creates an, a conversation about why and, and you know, hopefully culture changes more and more and expands more and more to include so many people in so many ways. So awards are an interesting thing, but I think they're, they can be incredibly meaningful to films that, you know, people might not otherwise see. At awards like these, do you get to have a chinwag, get to have a conversation with the likes of Killian, Barry, Paul, Margo. The chin wagon chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get to have a chat with him just, you know, like a normal party after this? A little bit. I, I've been, I've gotten to see a, a good amount of these people at, at different things um, throughout the past few weeks. Uh, so, I mean, Baptist, they really, there's no, there's no commercial break. There's no time to run to the loo, as it were. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> So it, you really don't get much time to kind of talk in between. So I haven't gotten to talk to too many people yet, but I did see Killian and we did have a bit of a chin wag. <laughs> I know, I can't believe that happened either. And it's about to get crazier because here is Killian Murphy. Again, very choppy, very changey. Watch it online if you care. Um, he is asked about Ireland, saying hi to people back at home. And also he's asked, oh, we all laugh at the end because he's asked about a Peaky Blinders movie and he just completely avoids the question, which is very iconic and he's very well media trained. So that's where the laughter comes from. Okay, enjoy. Um, I just wanted to ask what this kind of award means for you representing Ireland. What, you know, you come from humble beginnings, just doing productions at home, theatre. How does it feel to now be recognised on a global scale? I mean, it's a little overwhelming. Sure, I don't think it's probably uh, sunk in yet. For any of us, uh, it, it's kind of mind-blowing and thrilled and a uh, little shocked uh, at the moment, I suppose. Ask me in a couple of hours, it might be better. Uh, yeah, hi to them all. Hi to everybody. <laughs> hi to everyone. Um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm really proud Irishman. I have to say that. <laughs> of course I am. 
uh, and uh, it, it, mean, it means a lot, a lot to me, you know, to be, to be Irish. Um, so I don't know what else to say, should I sing a rebel song? For what was such a powerful, tough role to play, and especially with a film with such intense subject matter. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled. I think it's a it's a great reflection on the state of cinema nowadays. You know that this is a very complex, very challenging three-hour R-rated movie about a physicist and about you know um, about a very kind of dark period in our history, and that people came to see it uh, in, in huge numbers. And you know, people meet me on the street like and say that they've seen the film five, six, seven times, and you know like boys and girls, men and women, young and old, and that's kind of staggering and very humbling, but it's, I think it's, like I said, a great reflection on the state of cinema. And I think it's been a brilliant year for cinema, as we saw, I think, tonight. I just released, uh, or just premiered a film in Berlin Film Festival uh, last week, last Thursday, uh, called Small Things Like These, so that'll be the next thing that comes out. Now guys, I was so starstruck by Davine Joy Randolph. She literally was so iconic. I absolutely loved the holdovers. I've said it a hundred times, but obviously Emma Stone and Killian Murphy, like I, I was freaking out, but because I'd just seen the holdovers so recently and I loved it so much, something about Davine was just, I just couldn't even breathe. Um, her speech at the BAFTAs also made me cry my eyes out. So if you want to see a clip of that, let me know. Um, but here she is talking about the holdovers and her big win. Easy question, I think, perhaps. How are you feeling? I feel great. Done. <laughs> so I started um, on the West End in a musical called Ghost the Musical. Um, and even prior to that, uh, my education, I studied the British Academy of Dramatic Arts uh, with our, the Oxford campus. And we would come in on the weekends and see plays. Actually, I saw, which changed my life, um, Warhorse at the National Theatre, that was around the time that I was here. And I thought it was so amazing, so much so, it was a, that was my summer of my first year of school, that I called the school and I said, I'm not coming back. I wanna stay here, I wanna learn theatre here. And I didn't know Shakespeare, and so that's why I wanted to go to that program. So you guys taught me the classics, and I'm obsessed with Pinter and all that stuff. Um, and so it, it, it's, unbelievable because at that time the only thing that i thought maybe if i could possibly get nominated for it would be an olivier so to imagine it be this is it's it's very moving thank you so much for asking i think at the end of the day you have to know who you are and know what you want and what you stand up for uh and when choosing the roles make sure that there are things that you feel connected to and believe in and that you're working with other creatives that also believe and support the same thing as you. Um, and then ultimately at the end of the day, we just want to tell stories, right? Beyond race, it's important that we just want to tell stories. So I really believe um, as much as we try hard, there are some times where those moments don't pan out the way that you do. But I would say consistency is key. Again, knowing who you are and what you want, because if you know what you want, this doesn't even matter. It's almost as if it's a mission statement or a form of activism. The idea of me even being on a screen and something, what all of these things represent when you see me matters a lot. So that in within itself is the win. Um, and then I think you, you, you don't do things um, about anything else than again, what you believe in. It really is, um, 
acting is a is a way of communicating, connecting with people, for healing, for for understanding. And so, if you stay consistent, even if you never get this moment, the right people will know, and the right people will connect with you, and you just stand strong and continue to create great work. Thank you. Uh -huh. Congratulations on your win. LC. Thank you. I know you guys started in like January? Yeah. That's absurd. <laughs> Bollocks! <laughs> so kind of, you know, on that and on your role in the industry more broadly, you've been working for a while now. What do you wish was different about the way that movies made it into cinemas? How long they're there and how we get to see them on the big screen? Listen, I think the industry is changing. As in all things in life, things adapt, they improve, they, they change. The biggest thing is make sure the stuff's getting seen. Whether it's on streaming, whether it's in a theater, that's great, but the reality is things are moving. So the only thing I can ask for is that I continue to pick great pieces that it gets seen by people. Some of the best movies I've ever seen has been oh, while I'm on a plane and I'm scrolling through and I didn't even see something and I'm moved to tears. So the the biggest thing I can ask for is that the stuff just gets seen. I don't get too much into the minutiae of it. But yes, I get it and it's difficult, especially when you have independent uh, movies trying to break through or trying to get those box office numbers. It can be challenging. But I think it's really crucial to just really do great high quality work. What's the last great movie you saw on a plane? Um, um, oh, I watched, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> it's with Stanley Tucci. It's an old movie. I think it's Stanley Tucci, John Turturro, and they're like in a restaurant, and they have Big Night. Big Night, Big Big night. and it's with it well. Tony Shalhoub. I I love them. <laughs> I love to work with them. Yeah. The final shot with the uh, omelette. Anyway. Unreal, right? Unreal. <laughs> um, Dave Vine, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you so much. <laughs> Now over to everyone's favorite director, Christopher Nolan. This was crazy. I could feel the energy in the room was just so shifted when he walked in. Um, everyone holds him to such a high standard. I think he's a cool guy. Um, here's Christopher Nolan. He talks about Oppenheimer. Um, again, I think some of the questions are cut out, but um, one of the questions that he's asked, which is interesting, is about young actors he would want to work with in the future. Um, so when that feels a bit out of place, that's what he's been asked. Okay, enjoy. You know, when you watched it, and when you do watch it, do you still feel scared with the subject matter? I mean, yeah, it's it's a nihilistic subject, and the film inevitably reflects that. But, um, you know, the recognition for the film is thrilling, and to see so many people that I work with uh, being recognised, that's a, it's very, very thrilling, particularly our crew uh, and our cast, and it's wonderful. I mean, so many, but uh, I got to work with such an enormous number of young actors in Oppenheimer and people like Jack Quaid and David Crumpets and Alex Wolf. I mean, the list goes on and on. So um, I've got a, got a lot to chew on in terms of who I might want to work with in the future. There's some real talent out there. Okay. Because I love that side of things. I love what he does. And he's the best cinematographer working today. Uh, he's also a lovely person, and, and that lets us really explore things and really have fun. Thank you. If you're still here, thanks for sticking with us. Next, we are going over to our One Love um, cast members. We've got Tati, she interviews Lashana and Kingsley, and it's me, Kaylee. I interview um, Reynaldo, the director. 
So you might have seen social clips of this already, but I don't need to preface anything here. This is a full interview, um, five minutes per person. Stick around, it's really interesting. Um, and I hope you love the film too. Hey. Um, first of all, massive congratulations. Thank you. This film is so beautiful. Um, my question is, there are so many of the Mali family members involved in this film. At what point do you have to sit back and say, I am the director, this is how it's going to work? With kind of like, you know, the eyes are all on you. They want to tell their story and give it justice. How does that kind of work for you? Well, day one, um, you know, I don't take the job unless I can have my vision and what I want to do with it. That doesn't mean you can't use the support, but I needed certain things to know that I was going to be making my version of the film. And, um, you know, and it was great that we were aligned from day one. Ziggy was on the call. He was he's a producer on the film, um, but he's not a director. Mm -hmm. You know, he wanted he clearly wanted a director to come on and, and lead the ship be a captain. Um, and fortunately for me, I had worked uh, with a family before, mm -hmm. the Williams family on King Richard. Yeah. And so I needed that. I wanted their support. Uh, it was. I felt like I had an extension of Bob by having virtue of the Marleys be mm -hmm. part of this family. It was an incredible resource for us uh, in front of and behind the camera. Um, and they were there all the time. Um, and it was wonderful. It was mm -hmm. wonderful. I think it's all about communication. I would be protective of my dad, mm -hmm. you know, 100%. and he's a, an attorney who worked in New York City, not yeah. Bob Marley, you yeah. know, so like, I mean, for sure, you yeah. know, you expect that it, it's um, and, and you need that you, you, you want their version of the story, mm -hmm. you know, that's their father. So um, I respected that process because uh, I understand that process. And. Um, it was a wonderful one. Uh, I mm -hmm. hope we make other movies together. So it yeah. was uh, it was it was great. I guess leading on from that then, um, did you have a moment on set where maybe this was triggered by a performance or being in a specific location where you kind of thought it kind of clicked that this was the project that you were meant to take on next? Whatever that means to you. Yeah, I mean, look, it felt... Um, we had a huge responsibility to do it right. Um, and there was a high intensity to get it right. Mm -hmm. um, there was never a moment that we didn't feel like we were not trying to achieve something great because the bar was so high. Um, whether we were doing it or not, that mm -hmm. was a question, but we certainly were trying. The effort was there, um, the commitment was there, the hours were there. We prepped this film for a long time. And so, and there's still not enough time, never enough time to prep, yeah. you know, um, I'm still prepping it and we're finished, <laughs> you know, so yeah. yeah, there wasn't one particular moment per se. Uh, I felt it was the moment we decided to make this film was the moment that we were all 100% committed to yeah. making the, the best version of it. Yeah. And I saw at the um, Jamaican premiere that Ziggy had said um, something along the lines of this wasn't made for Bob, this was made for the message. Yeah. How do you kind of agree or disagree or... What's yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Bob left his his music behind for all of us to enjoy. Um, and it is about the message. It's about, you know, my kids seeing this film, the next generation of Bob Marley fans that don't that don't know Bob. Um, and you'll be surprised. People are learning about Bob, which is great. It's yeah. an opportunity for us. Yeah. You know, this film is a vessel to continue that message, continuation of what he started, movement of Ja people. And um, it's a beautiful thing. It's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing for the next generation. And hopefully for the people that know Bob, they'll just fall deeper in love with him, his mm -hmm. lyrics, his music, his message, and, and what it was all about. 100%. Do you think that this is now going to be a recurring theme for you, taking on like real-life stories and doing biopics? Is that going to be a continuation, or do you think, you know, that's... 
Look, the subject matters will always drive my choices. Um, I was driven by the subject matters of my last two films. Uh, I got to make a, a movie about two of the greatest tennis players to ever walk the earth, um, an unlikely story. And then I got to make a, a movie about a man who rose from, you know, <laughs> you know abject poverty mm -hmm. to become one of the greatest musicians to ever do it. Um, yeah, that felt pure, it felt real, it felt like the kind of thing that I want to be a part of. They just so happen to be biopics, um, but hopefully not traditional ones, and hopefully ones that bring you closer to the, the subjects that we're, that we're depicting in the film. 100%. Well, thank you so much thank for talking you. to me today. Thank you. The film is absolutely incredible. I feel thank like the, the same energy that Bob Marley created his music with that dedication, you could really feel you bring that to this role. What was it like for you immersing yourself in his world and knowing that so many members of the Marley family were involved in the production, like, mm. was that almost easier for you or did that feel like you had more pressure on you? A little bit on the first day. Okay. You know, because they're all standing behind the monitor and I know they're all waiting to see. Yeah. But when I really check it, they, you know, Ziggy had seen the tests and he'd seen my auditions and he, you know, so and they they became, uh, didn't become, I mean, they were, they were my support. They were, the way I found Bob was through them, you know, and his yeah. friends. And, and it's not just the family, it was, a lot of guys who Bob grew up with who knew him when he was 13, 14 years yeah. old. I spent time with Lego and, you know, Desi and Lenny Dredd and all those guys. So they really showed me a lot. And uh, um, so, yeah, it was, it, was, it was being with the family that I really got to know Bob in a mm. personal way. Mm. And Ziggy Marley said that you did a great job on one of the premieres. What was that like? If a Jamaican tells you you did all right, <laughs> that's high have, praise. Yeah, that must have felt high incredible. High praise. Gosh. You know, so yeah, if a Jamaican tells you, all right, man, yeah, man, you did good. You, yeah. you, that's amazing. It's yeah. like, it's, um, yeah. But Ziggy was with us every day, so Ziggy saw all the scenes and, you know, we'd, we were fine-tuning the nuance and things with Neville and Neville Garrick, who mm -hmm. was Bob's artistic director and mm -hmm. a close friend. He was there, you know, but they were all there. Yeah. So it was safe. Yeah. It's a safe space. Everyone loves Bob and everyone's intention was the same. Yeah. That's how do we make something that can honor him that's truthful, that can share with the fans and people who don't know Bob, which I don't think are many people, mm -hmm. but really the fans to, you know, show a more personal side to him because Bob was, he was so vulnerable in his music, mm -hmm. you know, that's what he, he's a beautiful poet, you know, and, and uh, he expressed himself in, in, in ways that, you know, no one else has done like mm -hmm. that. And so to find the other side of him, tough man from the ghetto, you know, and the street guy, and yeah. you know, which really, he was all of those things. Yeah. So, you know, I'm only, it was only possible really because I had so many stories and things and people helping me. So. Yeah. And those like themes of love, hope, unity, I definitely left the film feeling just like a huge overwhelming sense of hope. Mm -hmm. What, what else do you want audiences to take away from for, the film when they see for it? Me, for me, it was those themes, yeah, you know, what it cost Bob and what it took him to get to that place, mm. where he, to get to that message, you know, it was mm. a life journey mm. and a lot of struggle and, and suffering and, and uh, you know, he had, he had a lot of pressure on his shoulders. So mm. um, for me, the idea of love and peace and unity and togetherness, which Bob was so about and the movie's about, mm. you know, and trying to find the character and trying to find Bob, it was about, self-love and, mm. and self-togetherness mm. and self, um, you know, uh, safety, mm. inner safety, inner peace, you know, world peace, but inner peace. And where was Bob at with all of those things, you yeah. know? And, and again, I got to understand that, you know, through, through his friends and family and um, yeah, 
in that way, I really identified with Bob, you know, because yeah. he's a hero and an icon and a legend. He's an idea yeah. to so many people. But when I checked him as a as a as a man outside of that, like he he you know he struggled and 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 went through things like all of us. Yeah. So I always think it's nice to see our heroes in a way that makes them feel more relatable, and I hope that's what I hope that's what the family and, and Ronaldo have achieved, and and I think they have. Definitely, they definitely have. Okay, and quickly to finish, what would be your favourite Bob Marley song? So just say. Oh, yeah. okay, very nice. Yeah, that's my vibe, I think specifically the bridge in No Woman No Cry, especially in the film, it was just yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah it's like, a power, powerful song. Yeah, like I feel like people need to see it in the cinema. The way the sound just mm. fills the whole space. That is probably, I think that's one of Bob's most played songs, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. But yeah, thank yeah. you so much. It was nice so lovely talking to, to you. Speak. Well, so lovely to meet you. Thank the you. film was absolutely incredible. I really felt that the same like dedication and energy Bob Marley brought to his music, you completely brought to this role. What was it like for you to just immerse yourself in his world and knowing that so many of the Marley family members were involved in the production. Did that make it easier for you or more pressure on you? Easier. <laughs> so much more easier. The fact that we had the family's blessing, you know, we had the children's blessing. I had Mrs. Marley's blessing. I met her a couple of times and was able to soak her in and add it to my version of her. Mm. Um, and have them on set as well. Ziggy and Sadella were on set to answer questions, to make sure things were okay, to check on everyone's accents, to yeah. make sure it was all authentic. Yeah. And that any little like nuances that we'd missed out were there yeah. because they, they, they were so supportive of us. Yeah. And I, I really would like to say that I have so much like to thank them for because without them, I there's just certain there's just certain things that I wouldn't have found if they didn't give us the room yeah. and have the confidence in us that they did. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was it was fun, man. It was fun. <laughs> I get to celebrate my culture as well yeah. and speak in my parents' accent yeah. for you know, the first time in a whole film, yeah. so it was a pleasure. I feel like audiences are gonna really learn a lot about Caribbean culture as a whole as mm. well, which I haven't really seen that much in cinema of late. Nah. So that's one of the things that when I came out of the film, I was like, wow, I'm so excited for everyone to see it, as well as just the themes of love, peace, unity, hope. Like, what else do you hope audiences take away from it? Um, I'm always reluctant to answer that question because I, I want to hear what they naturally think. You know, like, this is the first time that we get to see Jamaica on such a big scale mm -hmm. in this way. Through a legend's eyes, um, we get to discuss relationships and traumas and, um, you know, high moments and go-go-go life, even mm -hmm. rock star life. And, you know, sad moments. There's so, there's so much in it that it really is a feast for the eyes, mm -hmm. but also... It's it's so authentic because we did have the family's backing and because Kingsley is so so incredible. He literally took a moment away. Just, he's, he's so incredible and was so dedicated to Bob because he's so dedicated to his craft. Yeah. Um, and it made it much easier. So I just hope audiences tell the truth. Mm. Firstly, you know this is a story that had to have been told in the right way yeah. and it this was the only way yeah. in my opinion it's yeah. this 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 only way and any other way that was up from there because um there's just too much authenticity within bob to to not do it right yeah 100 percent. Yeah. i absolutely loved it and especially the musical moments obviously yeah um, I feel like it's so important for audiences to see this film in the cinema because of all those musical elements. Like, the way the sound fills the cinema is 
magic, honestly. Yeah. What was it like for you being involved in the music process? Brilliant. So I sang before I acted. Mm -hmm. So, I, and I, for the first time, lent my voice to a film in Matilda mm -hmm. just before that. So <clears throat> I was like, yes, I get to do it again. I'm, I don't even care if you capture my voice or not. <laughs> I just want to be able to be at a mic and sing yeah. as an artist. Yeah. And I've sang in a musical, which is, you know, finding a different way to communicate. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is actually focusing on someone's artistry, yeah. which is so important and so beautiful to watch the creation of music. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm a person who will scour YouTube and just watch like people doing backing vocals on their own songs. So yeah. <laughs> this was just perfect for me. It was a yeah proper delight. Gosh, okay, and last but not least, what is your favorite Bob Marley song? Oh, everyone keeps asking me, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I, I've said from childhood, steer it up because okay. it's just, it just makes me feel, whatever this is, it just makes me yeah. feel nice. Um, but also I, I love a song that makes me cry. Mm. And Redemption Song is so, it's lyrically, it's so unbelievably sad and heart-wrenching, mm. but it's so true mm -hmm. and it's so crisp. And I love an acoustic song. The fact that he was just there like strumming yeah. and it's just him and his voice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just keep, I'll give you two. Okay, two. thank you, thank you. So incredible, you're such an icon. I'm so excited for everyone to see this film, so thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> now, last but not least, we have ended up with Lucy Moss and Toby Marlowe. They are both directors of Why Am I So Single? A big, new, fancy musical coming to the Garrick Theatre in August. Um, they also wrote and directed the uh, sixth musical, so any fans of that, you're going to make sure you want to get your bum in a seat. Um, I was lucky enough to be invited to the launch event for it as well. It was amazing. Got to see some songs hosted by Leighton Williams, had a little Q&A. Um, and I also took an interview with Lucy, Toby, and a few of the cast members, which I'll introduce in a minute. Um, so I'm Toby Marlowe, and I'm one of the writers of Why Am I Single? And I'm Lucy Moss, and I'm the other writer and also the director of Why Am I So Single. Amazing. Um, I have a major question. Can you give me an Easter egg? One word. I've, I'll tell you what I've got so far. Bees. Yep. All of the musical. Okay. Spoof. A sitcom. Mm -hmm. Do you have a word that you want to add to the list of things that audiences might not expect here? Um... The first thing that came to mind was meat. 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 That's a good one. Okay, Meat. perfect. I'm going to keep that. Um, how does this differ, obviously, with the success of Six? How are you feeling going straight to the Garrick? I feel, I mean, it's just it's so, I feel so fortunate that we're in a position that we get to do that. And also I feel so lucky because going straight to the Garrick means that, like, we can, it's like such a big venue that we can have, like, you know, lots of people that we want to come see the show come see it, um, of, like, all different ages, um, it, we can, like, make ticket prices more affordable, and that's really nice, and so, um, that's really important to us, and so I feel really, really excited and grateful for that. Yeah, also terrified is yeah. the other thing, going oh, straight yeah. to, you know, rather than a little Edinburgh Fringe venue and no one's ever going to see it, in theory. Oh. Straight to the West End, absolutely terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> What would you say to people that are, I'm going to worry about buying tickets, obviously you want to sell. Um, how are you going to get them in? I'll be so happy if they do. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, also I think, oh, you go. You go. Uh, well, I was going to say, I think that like, you know, with the title Why Am I So Single, you might think that it's just for young people and just for single people, but actually what we found is that it's really kind of for everyone who's ever, you know, felt single, been single and like had a friend to like moan about it too and it's been really awesome to see that actually it's kind of for everybody um, and it's a real sort of celebration of the relationships in your life that aren't necessarily the romantic ones which mm -hmm. I think everyone can relate to. 
and we're coming in August. <gasps> what is happening before August? What are the final touches now that you have to do? Oh so we've got to finish writing it. We've got some. <laughs> well, no, yeah. we, we've got a couple, a couple of rewrites we're doing from the workshop. We got to finish. Got to orchestration. Yeah, orchestrate it. Design the set and costumes. With our fabulous and design yeah, team over there. Uh, we've got to we'll rehearse cast it. it. I finished casting it, then rehearse, rehearse it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Getting like, my nails done. Yeah. I'm going to get a haircut at some point. I might get a couple of haircuts. Oh, oh I might get a couple. I might yeah. get a couple. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, thank you so much for talking to me, guys. I'm and finally, here is Joe Foster, Noah Thomas, and Lisa Tully, the cast of Why Am I So Single, having a little natter about what they do in the show. So I am Joe Foster, and my pronouns are they, them, and I am part of Why Am I So Single. Yeah. I'm Noah Thomas, uh, pronouns are he, him. I'm also in the cast of Why Am I So Single. My name's Lisa Tully, pronouns she, her, and I am also in the cast. Amazing. So do you want to talk about your characters quickly? Yeah, um, I think, well, for these two, yours is, they're sat over there. Yeah. The yeah. two people that you're playing. Hey. Um, and that's fun. Um, it's also, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think the characters in the show come obviously come so much from real life but then it's about what each of us three are bringing to the roles yeah. that makes them interesting so as much as you are inspired by someone over there and you're mm. inspired by someone over there and I'm inspired by certain people we they, what we bring is also as much of the characters we're, being mysterious. we're trying to be really like enigm yeah. enigmatic <laughs> um, because also our, our characters also are the part of the show and the, yeah. the, the it's a big surprise it's a big surprise that I I've been, been sat next to Lisa all day and I'm Scottish. I just <laughs> need to stop. It's, I'm obsessed. I know, I'm obsessed. I'm Do you obsessed. have an Easter egg? Whether it's just a word that you can give us, something from the show, doesn't have to be a spoiler, but just something that um, audiences can be shocked to hear, isn't it? So I had bees earlier. Bees. Bees. Bees is a bees is a big one. Bees is a, bees is a big um, I would say... Um, oh, there's loads. Um... Bees is Bees is the biggest one. Um, oh, I'm gonna say this sitcom. Love it. Sitcom. Oh, that's a good one. Sitcom. Oh, that's a good one. Um, oh god, yeah, Bees sitcom. I've got a literally thing. Also, like spoof, like spoofing lots of yeah. stuff. But yeah. isn't it things in the show? Oh yeah, spoof, obviously. Yeah, it's a big old, it's a big old spoof. It's a big old spoof. Yeah. I know. You really. It's all very, very tongue in cheek. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we've like you've done really well there. Yeah, yeah bees and good. sitcom are probably. The, yeah, but bees is big. Bees, bees is a big one. Bees, bees, spoof, sitcom. Yeah. All of the musicals. Yeah. Okay, okay. All over the musicals. How does it feel going straight to the garret? Are you nervous about going straight to the show? Yes. Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit. I wasn't, in, <laughs> I wasn't in the workshop, so I'm literally going straight there. So, a little bit. We're excited. We were in the workshop, and it deserves it's very it. Very special that we get to move on with it, and you know, yeah. it deserves it. So special. Yeah. The show really deserves it. Yeah. Guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for sticking with us. If you're still here, um, I'll leave Tatty to round up the day, round up the episode, but. Um, from me, Kaylee, thanks so much. And there you have it. We hope you enjoyed this very special episode. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to follow us over on our socials so you stay up to date with everything that's going on. And we'll catch you next time on As Seen In.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.